Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It is episode three of the waiver. No, it, this is not the waiver wave. What am I talking about? This is the heat wave. Uh, the Cardinals are next up, and maybe the reason why I am messing up is because we're going to the desert, and I'm not talking about where they play in Arizona. I'm talking about their barren wasteland of a roster. Um, and in order to see all of the stats of this barren wasteland of a roster, uh, go check out the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. It is completely free. We've been doing this for a long time. Every single stat that you hear us say today, we got from the app. We have exclusive stats. We have every stat you need. Whether you're a professional or someone just trying to beat your friends and tell them that you did, uh, we have every single thing you need, and we have extras over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. So go support the show at Patreon, please, and go download the app, please. It is completely free. In the meantime, though, you are here for some advice, and we are ready to give it to you. It's the Heat Wave Episode 3, Arizona Cardinals, right now. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Hot so hot and so hot The current favorites for the number one and number two picks, the Arizona Cardinals. I am here to talk about them with you. I am your host, editor-in-chief at Brodo Fantasy, Brodo FF Tim, otherwise known as. It's your boy, Tim, and I am here with my brother from the same mother and my brother from another Canadian mother, uh, Matt Ward and Michael. What's up, fellas? What's here? What's here? <laughs> Which one to do? See, that, was, that was a Canadian doing his best attempt at a New York year, which it was, yeah. you know, it was, you know, decent. I didn't, but, I didn't you know, put my chest into not it. Not native. Not, <laughs> it'd be like if I was saying a boot. Like, I can't really do the a boot like you. I do. don't even do the a boot. Oh, you Sorry. do the a boot. You Sorry. do the a boot, Matt. No. You I do the a boot, Matt. Go out. Tim, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, it's big there, Mike. See, I can't see, it's say not the it. Oot, it's the out. The out. Yeah. Yo, you do the out. You got the out. Right. Yeah, I got the out. Uh, with that being said, I want to get that fuck out of this team as soon as possible, um, because the offensive outlook is is you know it's a very simple offensive outlook. Uh, I'm not gonna give you any advice from what they did last year because last year was a complete and utter train wreck. Um, they have a brand new head coach in Jonathan Gannon. I would like to tell you. Something about him. Unfortunately, Jonathan Gannon was a defensive coordinator for the Eagles. So you can't really get much of an idea of what we're looking for in terms of offense. The offensive coordinator, a.k.a. the sacrificial lamb, is Drew Petzing. Uh, Drew Petzing, excuse me. So Drew is 36 years old. And this is what we got. At 26 years old, he enters the league as a Cleveland Brown intern. Between... 2014 and 2019, he is an assistant for the Minnesota Vikings. Offensive assistant, assistant wide receivers coach, assistant quarterbacks coach, and then the wide receivers coach. Then for the last three years, he's been with the Browns. The tight ends coach for two years in a row, and then the quarterbacks coach last year who made um, Jacoby Brissett have the best season of his career before Deshaun Watson came through and ruined everything about that. So really a lot of unknown in this offense, and it starts – with the quarterback, the offensive additions, not much to really be talked about. Uh, they added offensive lineman Kelvin Beecham and Will Hernandez. Uh, uh, help. Say it again. I said that should help uh, a little bit. Both of them are, you know, standard <laughs> players. Uh, Beecham has has been decent. Hernandez 
actually had a career resurrection last year. Uh, they added rookie tackle Paris Johnson and wide receiver Michael Wilson in the third round out of Stafford, uh, Stanford, excuse me. And uh, their offensive uh, subtraction, a big one, is their guard, Justin Pugh. So in and terms and, and well, of course, I mean, I was I was going to mention DeAndre Hopkins now, but Matt did anyway. It's OK. So we got <laughs> we got the next one going. Quarterbacks. This first on this list. Now, Kyler Murray is probably not going to play this year. No reason for him to. There's a question, something that could be well, said. Well, you're jumping to conclusions. No, yeah. I'm not. No, I'm not. You absolutely I think are. there's no there's gonna be no reason why Kyler Murray fine. If he does play, he's gonna play somewhere in the second half of the season. They don't count on Kyler Murray to be on your fantasy team or to carry anyone at any point. I, I don't think. I in, in my opinion, I think we might have seen the last snap Kyler Murray plays for the Cardinals if the everything goes according to tanking plan, the Cardinals are going to have the number one pick. They'll have a shot at Caleb Williams. Who knows what happens at that point? Um, but let's get into these quarterbacks. Matthew, right? Me. Michael. Uh, Michael. That was, it was one of the M's. Error for Tim. Mark it down. No, no. You, Michael's, just, Michael's just trying Look. to say that because he just like, can't stop making errors. So, uh, you know, don't, don't, try and, don't try and pass this off on me. All right? Be a good brother. Schmuckalucka. All right, look. QBs. Let's get it. Kyler, Kyler, Kyler. Look, let me start by saying this. Kyler Murray is a pretty damn mediocre quarterback, if we're being honest. Who's who's rushing appeal just like guys like Justin Fields. Like people just get obsessed with the rushing appeal and they just think that automatically means the quarterback is good. I give me an Aaron Rodgers or a Matthew Stafford or someone, a pocket quarterback who's better than these guys any day of the week. But after besides that, he's also not even on the like Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields level of rushing. Matt is so mad right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> over his over his last two seasons, Kyler Murray Kyler Murray has 14 games with 30 rushing yards or less, and 11 games above that. One of those 11 games was a 31 yard rushing game. So 15 of 25 games with 31 rushing yards or less over the last two years. He also had five games. Um, excuse me. He also last season had a yards per attempt of 6.1, good for 33rd in the league. He was 31st in true throw value, 38th in deep completion, deep completion percentage. And now he has a devastating injury tearing his ACL, which is definitely going to delay the start of a season. Tim, I know you said you're, I said I was, you're jumping to conclusions. I think there's a chance he doesn't play the entire year. As you said, I just know that his injury doesn't automatically mean he's going to be out the year. If they want him to play, he's going to play. His current ADP on underdog and FFPC right now is quarterback 22. Ridiculous. Like, what are you doing drafting Kyler Murray as quarterback 22 in best ball leagues, in redraft leagues? I don't care. I'm not going to be drafting Kyler Murray. And then the backups, you got Colt McCoy or Clayton Toon, who some people out of nowhere are big Clayton Toon fans. They think there's a dude, Look, there's a possibility this dude starts week one. There's a distinct Clayton possibility Toon? that he's yeah. Davis Mills that's, V2. That's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, it's not a good thing. How upsetting is that for the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah. So when it comes to the QB position, I think the clear answer is just avoid any and all Arizona Cardinals. Simple. I as mean, that. yeah. I mean, the, the real question is what kind of impact are they going to have on the pass catchers? So let's get to the pass catchers because one of the only rosterable players, I think there's two roster, rosterable players on this whole roster. And one of them is well, Matt's boy, Hollywood Brown, who. Your boy. 
finds himself in a wasteland. He wanted to get an improvement. Turns out he's in a wasteland. Yeah. Um, with that being said, Matt, how are you feeling about Hollywood Brown and the crew over there? I mean, Hollywood Brown's probably going to get peppered with targets, and I absolutely love him. Before he got hurt, he ranked as the wide receiver five in points per game, averaged 19.7 points per game. Uh, he was on the pace for 122 receptions, 1,374 yards, and nine touchdowns based on his pre-injury per-game averages. And obviously all of those would have been career highs. So, yeah, he did get an improvement in, in Arizona at the time, but obviously things went south. Um in the second half of the season, he still finished with 67 receptions, 709 yards, 107 targets, three TDs, averaged 13.0 points per game. That's wide receiver 27, uh, true throw value or true target value of 32nd overall. So he outperformed his true target value a little bit right now going as the wide receiver 35, 82nd overall. So even if he plays directly in line with competing with DeAndre Hopkins for targets, on an absolutely horrendous offense coming off of a foot injury in the same season. He's still being undervalued at wide receiver 35. Uh, but that said, there's not really going to be much uh, ceiling upside because they're not going to score much as, as long as Kyler's not under center. And I think obviously Marquis stands alone at the top of the Cardinals depth chart. He's the only wide receiver on the team that has secured 75 targets in a single season. And the only other player on the roster to achieve that is Zach Ertz, who enters his age 32 season, fresh off a complete ACL tear and reconstructive surgery of his own. So I think like 140 targets for a healthy Marquise Brown is almost even conservative. If, if he maintains the same per game averages or even a little bit less than he did last season, the sheer volume alone attached to him and as talented as he is, is enough, I think, to override any concerns. And obviously, his ADP reflects those concerns in and of itself. And then you have Rondale Moore. And and I won't, I will not leave this pod episode without talking about Rondale. Uh, true target value last season of 67th overall. But at one point in time, he had a 24% target share and a little mini breakout, four game breakout, averaging 17.8 points per game over a four week span. And then he was placed on IR. He averages 16.2 points per game in games where he plays more than 90% of offensive snaps throughout his career. And out of wide receivers drafted over the last three seasons, he has more double digit fantasy points um, in total outings because it's <laughs> such a small sample size um, than anybody. And the only two that actually share the exact same sample size, which is kind of funny is Amon raw and Jamar chase. I mean, I love me some, some uh, Rondell Moore. That said, I think both of these guys are more so best ball picks because manage, yeah. managing them is going to be an absolute fucking nightmare. The problem think, with Rondell Moore is that he's getting thrown the ball by Colt McCoy, David Blau, or and that, Tooney. I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of why I low-key like him so much as a best ball pick specifically because it's going to be such a low depth of target offense. Hmm. Okay. I like okay. That Ron, okay. that's like that's Rondale Moore. Right. I think the Cardinals are like the only team where Matt and I are just so far apart from each other. Like I hate Kyler Murray. He loves Kyler Murray. He I loves love Rondale Moore. I think Rondale Moore is whatever. Like I'm not super interested in Rondale Moore. It just it's just I find I'm it not, funny I'm not that, super uh, interested in anybody on this offense. I don't think I'm gonna be drafting much of these guys in like managing leagues, like depending on where yeah. they and I was actually just doing an underdog earlier today, like Marquise is going way too high. Like Christian Watson is, is right. I think one spot below him. And like, I, yeah, I think Marquise is being a little bit overvalued in, in best ball right now. And that's the only interest I have on them when I don't have to manage them. And they, they randomly have their, 
you know, two or three big games. Yeah. If someone could look this up before I go, I, I think one of the, one of the other guys that's in this same boat as the wide receivers is the running back, James Conner. Uh, Michael, if you could like look up his ADP, the last time I checked, he was at RB 19. Sure. And uh, so originally RB 19, I look originally before I even knew his, his uh, ADP, I was just like, all right, I'm staying completely away from James Conner. And then I started doing research on the fantasy football by Brodo app, G plug. And I'm kind of, I kind of like James Conner a little more. I think, look, if you look at his actual running back He's stats, down to RB 27. I mean, that's, that's a steal. And I think that you're, you're getting James Conner. There's, there's two schools of thought around James Conner before I get into his actual stats on the one hand. He's going to be on a terrible offense. He's going to be facing stacked boxes. Uh, I don't really like, I know ever really like running backs on bad offenses. I just think that, and, and not to mention the Cardinals are a bad defense as well. So like they get down early, they're going to just be in a messed up situation. It's not going to be a lot of James Conner. He's injury prone. He's tied. He's TD dependent. He's super, super inefficient like if you're looking at his real life quality of play like we're talking about a guy who in back-to-back years was 37th in the league and 64th in the league in yards per carry right and that's not the greatest metric in the world inefficient but holy shit um his in terms of fantasy his points per game excluding touchdowns um 33rd and 31st, excuse me, points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns, not points per game. So outside of the top 30 in those things, the problem, the thing is that he gets the touchdowns. He scores the touchdowns and look, he'll probably be the focal point of this offense. If you're looking at this offense, I think the Cardinals are not in under any illusion that they're going to score a lot of points this year. I think they are tanking and they're tanking on purpose. That's why they that did the moves they did in the drafts. That's why they are approaching this season the way they're approaching it. Rookie head coach, et cetera, et cetera. But so, so there's a point where it says they might just run James Conner until the tires fall off. And in that case, he's going to be good for you. Uh, but here's the thing. He's not going to have Kyler Murray. So the offense is going to be bad. All right. Well, here's something that might surprise you in six weeks that he played without Kyler Murray last year, James Conner did not finish underneath RB15 in any of those weeks and was an RB1 in four out of six weeks without Kyler Murray. Now now we're talking about a guy who can bring you value, especially where his ADP is at, which has free-fallen since the last time I checked. So I hate to say it, but if you can get James Conner at a seventh, eighth round price, you can go into the season with him as your lead bench back or as your starting um, flex player. I think you've had a successful draft. But let's not let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy here, Mike. We can't hear you. I think you might be experiencing uh, uh, some technical difficulties. Um, but let's not get crazy uh, around that. Um, in terms of that, what I will say is that let's say they do run him until the wheels fall off. Then I think an interesting guy to keep your eye on, and I'm not saying stash this guy or anything like that, but in Dynasty could be a stash. I know I'm not the Dynasty guy segment guy. I think Keontae Ingram is a, is a, is a guy who I'm looking at as someone who could have some success 
given the opportunity in that backfield. And if they do a youth movement, um, he's a guy that that can have success in that backfield. Doesn't really have a lot of uh, a, a lot of um, what's the word I'm looking for competition, competition in that in that backfield. You have, you have yeah. Corey Clement and Tyson Williams. I mean, Corey Clement and Tyson Williams have had some success in the NFL. Let's not act like they're complete scrubs. Um, but I think Keontae Reagan, there, there is something to be said about him. Six-round pick last year out of USC. Uh, fits the mold of the size of uh, a running back. You know, again, hasn't had much success in his NFL career. But uh, I think he's someone to keep an eye on. Uh, but really, you're just looking at James Conner here. And I think right now at ADP, this could change between now and when you're listening to this. He's a good deal. So don't reach your James, James Conner. But if you go into, into the year with James Conner on your bench, you're in a good spot. Or even, I mean, or even in your, yeah. oh, Michael, you're back. What do you got? What do you yeah. got for us, kid? Yeah, I have no idea why my audio went out there for a second, but I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. Is that all you wanted to say? I'm back, baby. All right. <laughs> uh, so you guys, feel I was going to say, I do yeah. like James Conner at his age. Yeah, I think, I think it's especially just the opportunity share. Yeah, the opportunity share is just undeniable. And I, I will say, like, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not discounting Tim's perspective on Ingram because I've, I've shared the same perspective, but it also is like, like, you know, Benjamin was in the same situation and had similar, you know, draft profile and everything to Ingram, similar collegiate production, which we you know, shown flashes, things of that nature. And, and, and I always thought it was the contract situation as well, but they seem the Cardinals are definitely in that tanking mode. So it, it might be sooner rather than later. I will say this too. Um, Something I forgot to mention about James Conner. James Conner did add some pass-catching prowess uh, over the last two years. The year before, he was um, not a factor in the pass-catching game. Uh, improved his targets from 39 to 58. That is almost double. Uh, that was 12th in the league. He had the 12th most targets of any running back. Uh, he improved his receptions. He went from 37 to 46. Um, he improved his his um, A dot, which I think is more important, where he was actually catching the ball past the line of scrimmage. So I, I think that James Conner is a, is a good deal uh, at that price. I think that's definitely an early in the summer price where you might, might not be able to get him. There, People might be getting smart around that time. I, I could see James Conner going from sleeper to overrated over the next month. But where he is right now, I think he's a nice sleeper candidate for your team, but don't don't be banking too much on James Conner. Uh, let's go over to the tight end spot. We talked about Zach Ertz a little bit. What do you got for us at tight end? Yeah, uh, Trey McBride has dethroned Zach Ertz in terms of ADP, which, of course, has to do with the injury that occurred late last season. And his age, Zach Ertz is now 32 years old, and he's no longer the Zach Ertz of old. But, dude, he has been a steady producer over the last two seasons with the Cardinals. He's produced at least nine points in 15 of 20 games as a Cardinal. And you typically you hear like nine points, you're like whatever. But for a tight end, that's pretty darn good. That's Amazing. not something just disregard. TJ Hawkinson, for example, who's going as a tight end three this year, had seven games under nine points just last season. So two more than Zach Ertz has had in his last 20 games. Um, so the Cardinals have been using their tight end with Zach Ertz. There prior to his injury in 2022 as well, I completely like forgot about this and this blew my mind. Zach Ertz was a top 12 tight end every single week except week seven against New Orleans before he got hurt. Like the dude was just consistently giving you tight end five to tight end 12 numbers week after week, which of course isn't going to win you your week, but you don't got to worry about having a dud and uh, killing your week either. What's Ernst, once Ertz went down, Trey McBride became a near every down player Ertz, and Ertz, he was Ertz, Ertz. 
he was far less consistent than Ertz was. He was still seeing a healthy target share. He, uh, including 25 total targets in weeks 14 through 17, which is a nice number, but he was really only able to produce one helpful fantasy game. And that was in week 17 when he finished as a tight end two overall on the week, going seven for 78 and a touchdown on 10 mm-hmm. targets. My issue here is that the Cardinals just straight up suck and they're expected yeah. to get a top two pick. They're basically tanking and their QB position is in shambles. Colt McCoy, Clayton Toon, whoever it is that's going to open the season. David but Blau. They're going to need to, they're going to need to pass to someone on that team. Right now, their ADPs, Trey McBride is going off the board at tight end 36, basically your last overall pick. Um, I mean, excuse me, tight end 27, 200 second overall. Zach Ertz is going as tight end 36. On FFPC, McBride is going as tight end 23. Like, if you want to draft these guys as just like a deep, like, of course, a deep league or like a late best ball um, draft, if you're in like a 20, 25 round best ball, like a Trey McBride, I wouldn't hate it. But in redraft leagues, you could probably, uh, you know, just keep them off your radar. Matt, it's your time to shine, sir. Dynasty stash. The dynasty stash. This is this is a guy who All right. will be stashed, probably playing with a lot of other young guys in the coming years. So absolutely, uh, Matt. And and, and I mean, he he has decent enough draft capital that they'll, they'll probably keep him around should he not get cut. But I, I mean, a lot of guys in this area of the NFL draft don't really pan out. Obviously, you have. Some honorable mention to Keontae Ingram as we made for a dynasty stash. I definitely think there's some viable there. Trey McBride is not a stash. He's being well-drafted and well-known, 100% rostered. But a guy that isn't and a guy that isn't really getting any recognition either is Michael Wilson, uh, the wide receiver out of Stanford. And I think Michael Wilson, in all honesty, has the one thing that no wide receiver or pass catcher on the Cardinals roster has. And it's intangible. But he has size Eyes, and he has athleticism yes, to go along with it. He's sick, 6'2", 215 pounds, probably even a little heavier when the season gets through and training camp gets through. Like he, he's a he's a big guy. Michael Crane. <laughs> yeah. And and I think the like he immediately fits into that that split end that, you know, the, the tight end out of the slot for some snaps that or longer distance that Trey McBride can't play on. He's absolutely got the outside while Rondale takes the slot in three wide receiver sets because they have nobody else out there. It certainly will not be Greg Dortch or any other names on that roster. AJ Green since retired. So Hollywood on the outside, Michael Wilson likely taking around an 80% snap share as a rookie um, is highly, highly likely how effective those snaps are going to be is much more unlikely as you know he doesn't really have the production in college except for a sophomore season which was astounding but then junior season plagued with injuries senior season horrendous efficiencies plagued with injuries uh freshman season not really used obviously stayed all four years because when you go to a alma mater like stanford it's often that you see guys kind of want to get that degree obviously so with that said michael wilson definitely fits that outlier bill uh he he has the intangibles in in the size the speed the athleticism he's a decent enough route runner as well but you're not going to see much of anything from anybody on this cardinals offense so even with a high snap share and kind of a succinct role as a rookie it's unlikely that his production boosts his value into a point of relevance so somebody that you should stash and and, and keep an eye on and and wait out for he's gonna have an opportunity this year yeah i think that's that's un I think Michael Wilson is a name that you might not know as of listening to this, but that you will know by week eight. I think there's a distinct possibility. He might have a couple Greg Dortch weeks. You know, Greg Dortch had two top 10 wide receiver weeks last season. So the only only question is, how is his new offensive coordinator, his new head coach going to use Rondell Moore? 
I think that's really, really it shots, be the, explosives. You it, can run. <laughs> I mean, if, I if see they Michael put, Wilson being like the uh, the Quintez Cephas, remember Quintez Cephas had like twenty yes. targets, like a touchdown yes. through the first two games. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, he's look. If if they use Rondell Moore in the inside in the slot, who else is gonna play out there? He's basically slotted into start no, right it's, now. It's, yeah. He's, yep. All right, we are gonna be finishing off the NFC West tomorrow with the defending big the defending biggest Super Bowl hangover ever. Did you just say St. Louis Rams? No, I said Los Angeles. Oh, and then I, I, you're stealing my bars. It, I, got, I had notes. <laughs> uh, guys, just so you know, just so you know, too, uh, behind the scenes, a little peek behind the third wall, uh, the thumbnails that you're going to see for this, uh, the background of those thumbnails is the an old school Rams team, not really sure which team it is, running out of the entrance with flames coming up behind them. That fl- Those flames actually caught the stadium caught fire. That is I'm so glad you used that thumbnail. I don't know why I'm saying it now. Probably should have been in the LA one, but uh, you can find us at Brodo FF Tim, Brodo FF Mike, at Psychward FF, at Brodo FF Jason, at Brodo FF Casanova. Um, you could also find us at Brodo Fantasy, at FF by Brodo. You can find us on Threads as well, the Elon Muskless Twitter. Yeah, and we'll see. Apparently, that is the worst app of all time through the first two days. I'm, I'm not going to look. It, Bro, if people, let it develop. If, if people are, I mean, <laughs> If people are expecting it to be Twitter after like a, a few now, days, what people then, are yeah. realizing is that once you create a Threads account, you can't delete it because it's automatically connected to your Instagram account, and people are going bananas. Uh, it's a uh, GIF f- free as well, no gifts, which is a problem, big problem. Um, they need to get the gifts in there, and then we can talk about it. Uh, anyway, with that being said, uh, we will see you next time. It is time for us to go. See you later. Please.